0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately.
2: Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Good morning, and welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Stacey Vernado lewis Now, before I introduce the special guests, I want to thank those for tuning in, as last week we talked about forgiving, forgetting, and moving forward, which brings us to another topic, life after an affair. Today, we're going to be going to discuss basically and learn if your relationship can pass even the toughest test. As we know, many individuals have either experienced the pain of an affair or have been betrayed, either being on the giving side or the receiving end. Today we are going to try to answer a few questions as it relates to a life after an affair. And basically one, is there a life after an affair? Is that true or is it just a facade? Can I survive the shame, blame, and even the embarrassment? Why do people cheat? And is it really possible to save my marriage and relationship? So today I want to bring on our special guest, Stacey Vernado lewis Hey, Stacy.
3: How are you, Jeanette? How are you? I am,
2: I'm doing well, Stacy. And I want you to tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and why this topic was, is special and dear to your heart.
3: For me, I am, I, am, I guess if you could describe me, I am a... A woman's woman And what I mean by that is I've been married for 24 years Um, I've dedicated my personal life To just Ensuring that women Particularly women Can live their very best lives My husband and I have a Marriage Ministry, and we have the opportunity so many times to talk to couples, particularly when they may have experienced something in their marriage. Um, I do a radio show and a talk show, and it's all about healing. It's all about being engaged. It's all about being inspired. And so I'm so honored to be on this topic with you because there is life after an affair, and mm-hmm. the way you handle the affair is how you move forward. So I'm excited to be a guest here. Thank you so very much.
2: Well, thank you, Stacey. I appreciate it, and I'm just glad that we reconnected because we had good conversations even last night about this topic. Yes, we did. They, the first question I want to ask, and if anyone want to call in, have any questions, or basically want to share if they're going through this right now, because today it's not to throw people under the bus, it's not to to shame people, it's not to put your business out there. It's just that sometimes what happens is we carry that baggage, and we sometimes may not even realize that because of what happened to us, we will take that pain into a future relationship and and a present relationship. And it's like, what happens if you do say you want to forgive and work on your marriage or your relationship? Well, Stacey, I have a question. And I know you said that, just like myself, I am a licensed therapist, and I do own two outpatient counseling centers. So even in my practice, I also work with couples. I work with individuals that are couples and married or unmarried doing premarital counseling and all of that as a licensed marriage family therapist. But the first question I want to ask you is, it says that most people cheat are unhappy. What do you have to say about that, Stacy?
3: You know, I think there's, and again, as you know, from my perspective, it's just going to be by the experience that I've had in working with a plethora of couples. That's not always true. Sometimes people cheat because of the thrill of it, because they can, right? mm mm-hmm. um, Sometimes people cheat because they are not happy and there's something missing in the relationship. So when I get an opportunity, and the way my husband and I do our ministry is, I work with men, women, as according to the scripture, because I, I work with women and he works with the man. But I always start with the women. I say, okay, listen, now that this has happened, let's take a step back and let's start doing some reflection. Was mm-hmm. there anything you could have done differently? And I will tell you, Jeanette, nine times out of ten, or maybe eight times out of ten, the woman will come back or the person will come back and say, you know what, I could have handled this differently. However, there are times where the person has evaluated and they did everything right, and it's just something that happened. So mm-hmm. that misnomer that you have to be angry or you're not happy, sometimes it's just for the thrill of it. People do it, particularly like ball players; They do it because mm-hmm. they can. They have a beautiful wife at home, a beautiful situation at home, but they do it because they can
2: And it's interesting that you said that, Stacey, is because a lot of times we enter into relationships not really knowing the character of the other individual. And if that's all they know, or let's say that their father was not faithful to their, their mother, and they think it's normal and then you get married, and you're really not even ready to be married because you're not finished doing what you want to do. I have some more questions. Now, if you said something about women, and, you know, we first went to why do people cheat in regards to them being unhappy. One of the things that I was looking at, and it says that women cheat, for, because women would cheat just like a man will, so we don't want to say it's all men all the mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. I've seen some you men are that have been hurt because of <laughs> things that their significant others have done, too.
3: Now, and, Janine, before you move from that, and I think from, from working with that, it's even more difficult for a man to bounce back when a woman cheats mm-hmm. than vice versa because it's a psyche, but we can talk about that later.
2: That is true because I want to say I've learned that sometimes men love deep. And sometimes a woman can get over the affair, but sometimes men have a hard time because they can keep playing it in their head. But it takes me to my next question. Women cheat for revenge or for loneliness? Which one would you say? You
3: know, in working with the women that I have, I would probably say 70% probably do it because of loneliness. Mm -hmm. Because. Women, we, we, we want to feel, we, we want to we feel, we want to be compassionate. We want people to, to care about us and to know that we matter. But then there's the other 30% who say, you know what, because you thought that you can go out that and get me, I'm going to get you. And it goes back to our previous conversation that in talking with my husband, and we talk about this all the time, when a woman cheats on a man, it's a whole different psyche because now in his mind, his property has been violated. Mm-hmm. I know people may think that that's controversial, and I hope so. I like to hear some callers call in on that. It's harder for a man to bounce back. So women know, okay, I'm going to get you in this area. And so that's the revenge part, and that's when it becomes dangerous because it's difficult to come back because you knowingly did it. It wasn't that you cared, wasn't that you wanted to have fun, but you wanted to get back at your partner.
2: Wow. And we're going to go back to that because um, I know in the conversation we had last night, I was sharing with you in regards to my godbrother and his wife and his marriage, and they had met at a very young Mm -hmm. age. And when they met, they were like 14, 16 years old. And all throughout their marriage, there was a lot of infidelity. There was a lot of cheating. And it was sad because in 1998, it led to the the death, a homicide, suicide of a 34- and a 32-year-old all because of an affair. And what happened with my godbrother was not only did he go out and have an affair, but when he had an affair with a married woman, he contacted HIV. Now, mm-hmm. his wife never tested positive for HIV, and he didn't even know he had it for a long time, but it was sad because just that alone led to him doing a homicide-suicide and, mm-hmm. um, And we're going to talk about some of the, you know, the infidelities and revenge, but I carried that for years because I remember him calling me, wanting to know, wanting me to find a guy, wanting information, and I went to go talk to him, and I said, you know, first of all, you can't stop nobody from cheating. And the one thing he said was, and I'll never forget, is I feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. I feel that she is treating me less than a man. And, I mean, true, I was his right of sister, but I was not going to give him information in regards to where that guy lived. I tried to tell him, you know, basically, you got your kids, you got your house, you got all this going on for yourself. I said, and, you know, when you was out there doing what you was doing, she was there for you. But he, I, I couldn't reason with him. And then hours later, I got knocked at my door telling me, he was dead, and I felt bad because the one thing, I, I looked him in the face, and he told me, he said, sis, i got it taken care of, and I said to him, as long as don't nothing happen to you, I'm not going to worry about it, but I did not know he was going to kill himself and kill his wife all because she had an affair.
3: And here's and what, he, and you know, Jeanette, that's an excellent story, and I'm going to expound on what your, your God brother was telling you my husband and I we talk about this all the time and you know and our listeners know that intimacy is different for men and women for women it's emotional it's passionate there's a a certain emotional state that we have to be in for men you know probably some of that but also it's just physical so that means men and women a man could have an argument with his spouse whatever and then that evening he wants to be intimate so I asked my husband one day I said babe why is it so difficult for a man to jump back from an affair with a woman? And he said, because for us, it's just something that, you know, it, she didn't mean anything. I got caught mm-hmm. up in the heat of the moment. She didn't mean anything. But if you go out and you sleep with a man, I know you're not just doing it for physical reasons. There's some attachment you have, and that's mm-hmm. disrespectful to me, and I can't, and I can't get past that. That's a powerful statement. And I think if people understand the differences, we'll understand how to move forward. So that's powerful.
2: It's very powerful. I want to, which brings me to my next question. One of the things is it talks about infidelity. Is infidelity the leading cause of divorce? I
3: would say. Infidelity, communication, and a lack of money. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> you know, you know. Let's be real.
2: See, now, uh, now you talk about talk. I be telling people. I used to tell my husband, if you go cheat, you better make sure she got some money. Don't come back in here cheating and you broke.
3: My husband does the <laughs> joke all the time. I tell him I'm gonna go see my boyfriend. He say, you tell me come pay that mortgage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, um, you know, I do think that that is a. A deciding factor. And I think those all three tie in each other, infidelity, communications, and the lack of resources. Because mm-hmm. if you're communicating, you may not get to that infidelity reason. It's all the reasons depending on why you got there. But it definitely is a could be viewed as a temporary deal breaker or game breaker in the relationship. Because we know per the scriptures what consummated a relationship back in the Bible days was not when they went down to the court. It was the coming together of their souls, right? Right. Because that's what intimacy is, Jeanette. It's the coming together of their soul. And so we pledge, my husband and I pledge, that for the next X amount of years that the Lord allows us to be on this earth, that we're only going to intertwine our souls because it is the closest that two human beings can get on earth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Correct. So with that being said, now what you've done, is you've shared my soul with another person. Wow. That's, um, that, that, that takes a lot of, um, you got to have a lot of power, you've got a lot of prayer in your life, for some instances, to bring that back, if you just think of it from the spiritual perspective or intimacy mm-hmm. it.
2: I want to bring, which brings me to my next, in regards to going to this, is talking about when does extramarital friendship cross the line Over to infidelity because a lot of times, and we know there's a physical affair, there's an emotional affair, and emotional affairs are powerful. And they're very powerful because you may not have physically had contact with that person, but that person is always on your mind. And I could say even growing up and growing up in Compton, most of my friends were always men. I always had a lot of male friends. And even the few female friends that I have, most of my female friends became my friend because I was friends with their husband or their boyfriend, but I would never cross that line because I'm not a cheater. And Mm -hmm. I was never one that was really intersexual and sexy and promiscuous and doing that, but I was one of the homegirls. It was like, Jeanette was cool. Jeanette was easy to talk to. So I always made sure I was clear. I knew I wasn't going to do anything. Now, but when you talk about that friendship, when can that friendship cross over the line into infidelity?
3: I'm going to give you some specific examples. And Jeanette, I so applaud you for really... bringing out that infidelity is not just a physical act. The emotional one's affairs, really, in my experience in doing this for almost 20 years and just being able to counsel, is the one that people are having a difficult time bouncing back from. Mm-hmm. A couple of things. First of all, and I'm going to use me, I don't have a male friend that my husband does not know about and has never met. See, mm-hmm. the, the Word of God says, shun the appearance of evil. That's what the Word says, right?
2: Mm-hmm
3: shun the appearance of evil now people will argue and say well Stacy that's a little extreme if I'm I'm a a corporate person and I'm seen at lunch with this same man every day and people see me and know I'm married irrespective of what that relationship is between he and I it's the appearance Mm -hmm. and so what happens is because we have to be honest Jeanette and listeners This spirit we have, this flesh that we have, it's not anything to play with. You shouldn't tempt it, and you shouldn't act like it's not something that doesn't exist. But Mm -hmm. this argument that people make is they say, oh, well, he's just my friend. He's just my friend. He's just my friend. And that friendship turns into wondering, into thinking, into what it could have been. The most dangerous emotional affairs are the ones that I call the one that got away. It's Mm -hmm. the college boyfriend. It's the summer high school, it's the high school boyfriend that, oh, yeah, you know, y'all man, just didn't the quite get there. It's the college guy that you all had all the plans and it just didn't work. It's the one that you met when you got in the workforce, but for mm-hmm. whatever reason, he or she didn't act right. So you moved on to your spouse, but you never forgot about the experience and you never in your mind, you forgot about what it could have been. It's mm-hmm. dangerous. And it, to me. Going back to what I said, it's more dangerous than an intimate affair, particularly for men. Because men mm-hmm. can say, she didn't mean anything to me. I just had a moment and I just did what I did. She didn't mean anything for me. But when she's emotionally attached, when there's an emotional to that, I can't compete with that. Because now wow. he or she has infiltrated my heart. That's something got completely got in different. Your head.
2: You know, they got in your head. They're on your mind. Now, and we're going to be taking a break pretty soon. And if callers want to call in, you can call one eight eight three four six nine one four one and share some of your information, your stories. You know, we're not here to shame, blame, throw nobody under the bus. But we're here to we're gonna also offer some good tips and advice to basically sell safe proof your relationship or marriage and being comfortable to where you could talk about anything, whether it's somebody is bothering you. i I was sharing the other day, I went to go see a friend of mine and she had been married for years before she got divorced and we was watching a movie obsessed. And Mm -hmm. this particular guy, he didn't even touch the woman. But in her mind, she had already been there with him. And that was scary because the one thing was he was scared to tell his wife That I'm having this problem because of his character, because of his M.O., he didn't know how he was going to be perceived. So we have one minute to break, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that because it kind of leads to sometimes people think the lack of sexual satisfaction is your primary reason for cheating, and sometimes that may not always be the case because character is important, and if you wind up with a cheater, what makes you think he ain't going to continue to cheat? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to come back and listen and talk with Jeanette Abney with Precious Ridicaments with Jeanette Abney and Stacey Renato-Lewis. We'll be right back.
4: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment.
1: are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com.
2: Now back to
1: Precious Predicaments.
2: Welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Stacy Bernardo-Lewis. Again, today we're talking about life after an affair. And before we even get to what that life is going to even look like because it can go in all different types of directions, we want to first be able to get to the the, the meat and grits in regards to what is happening within that relationship for it to even go there. Because a lot of times what happens is we blame ourselves. We're embarrassed. We are ashamed. We, you know, it's like, and I've done everything. I'm doing the best I can What can I do Or what am I not doing right Now I remember And I like watching movies And I really like watching love movies For some reason You know Love Jones And all these movies Oh I love that movie Oh, that's that a sexy one. movie. <laughs> 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 it was. I even like sprung. You know when they was dancing, and most people would think, "Well, Jeanette's not a romantic, and why does she like all of this stuff?" And she a big old scary cat, which is true. Which is true. But when you start talking about relationships, you start you know this pain, this love, this all of this stuff, and and just the commitment. And when people commit to one another, it's like what makes them get to the point to where you have to start seeking things. Elsewhere, So one of the things before we went on break, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the lack of sexual satisfaction in your primary relationship. Now, I know me, growing up, being the oldest of three girls and my mother... She was really, really, really tough on us, and she really Mm -hmm. messed our head up on a lot of things, not to mention, like I said, growing up, I always was around a bunch of boys, but I was scary, and the boys would always tell me, Jeanette, don't do this, Jeanette, don't do that, Jeanette, 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 so they had my head so messed up to where Jeanette wasn't going to do nothing. All Jeanette wanted to do was just go to sleep, eat, and go to sleep. So even in my marriages, when you talk about the sexual satisfaction in your primary relationship, I was one, I when I was younger and I got married, and there were certain things my husband wanted to do, Jeanette thought, mm-mm, I ain't doing all of that. And I remember I would tell my husband, I'll give you some money, you go get it done. But then <laughs> when he went and got it done, I couldn't really be mad. I couldn't be mad. And I was like, oh, my god. But I didn't find out from him. I found out from my uncle. No, it ain't my uncle. His brother, they told because they thought I knew. So it's like, how can you be mad if you're not doing it but somebody else doing it and you know they want it done? So when you talk about that lack of sexual satisfaction, tell me your input on this in regards to when you work with some of the couples that you work with.
3: I love your stories, Jeanette. I just absolutely <laughs> love you, and I love your
2: story. Girl, I got to write a book. I got to I, I thinking th- about this, putting this together. I said, okay. How much of this, Jeanette, go really tell? How much of this stuff, Jeanette, better keep it secret and just wait for a book. Cause boy, I got a whole lot of stuff to say. Girl,
3: <laughs> you said you paid him to go get it done, and then you got I'll it be done. Like, Look, he
2: he thirty dollars. You were mad. See when you get back. Get on my face.
3: <laughs> Oh, I love that story. I'm going to have to use that in my repertoire. But um, in, all, in all seriousness, that is one of the things that I will say when I'm talking to young, when well, my husband and I really are talking to young couples, I'm, I'm a particularly focused on women here. One of the, well, my husband and I, we tag team when we work with um, couples and intimacy is always at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And the men, my husband comes and he tells me stays. Here's what the men are saying. Before we got married, she was twisting and twirling, twicking and whirling. Mm-hmm. She was doing anything, every way, every how, any place. Okay? So that mm-hmm.
2: was
3: enticing to me. Now we're married. She wants to act like she's a prude, right? <laughs> she had these long dresses on coming to the bed. She act like when I touch her, she don't know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have to go back to the women and say, listen, how you start is how you're going to have to continue. And we talk about a lot of things before we get into either marriages or committed relationships. We should be talking about credit and HIV tests and intimacy, Mm -hmm. but we want to talk about because we want to base it on love. Correct. So I would encourage people out there, that is a conversation that you should be continually having with your partner. And you got married when you were 18. Intimacy or sex at 18 is different than at age 50.
2: Correct. And see, I was 19 when I got married. I was like, uh, I don't know nothing about all of this stuff. So right. it was stuff that my husband said that he always said he wanted to do with his wife. I had never heard of before. I had to go in the bathroom and call my best friend. I was like, so and so said, what am I supposed <laughs> I didn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and still, scary to this day. And that's a sad part about it. But you so, know, but like I said, that satisfaction. And I've heard men say that they want a lady in the streets and a freak in the room. I've heard that, but you know, not to take this to a whole other level. But sometimes that still don't keep a person from cheating. You know, but it's just a satisfaction. It's like, what do you want? And I'm going to go to the next one. Is sometimes we talk about cheating, the desire for additional sexual encounters. You know, so sometimes we'll say, okay, well, you may not be satisfied, but I'm satisfying you. Now you still want more. What do a person, what is a person supposed to do? Because think... one of the things, uh, not, not to cut you off it, but one of the things right. that I'm going with this is, in my practice, I've worked with individuals that have sexual addictions, and they, which is another movie, the movie Addicted. Mm-hmm. When that man, and she had Boris Kojo, and I was like, ooh, but <laughs> he still wasn't enough still wasn't enough. So what do you do if your spouse or someone cheat on you because they want additional sexual encounters?
3: I think in that situation, in both that instance, you're talking about somebody who has an addiction. They have a, they have a, a medical um, they have a medical situation. You can't compete with that, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, a help has to be provided. You know this from a therapist's perspective, Jeanette. There's some medical help or there's some sp- therapeutic help that needs to be provided. Mm-hmm. I, I would encourage the partner to continue to do their part, and sometimes that's difficult because what you guys started out is beginning to look different, but that goes back to the communication part. One of the things that I would encourage anybody, and I say this all the time, and, I, and I'll never back down from this statement, we need to pay attention in our relationships. We need to pay attention in our marriage. If people are really paying attention, the signs are there, and you'll start to see the pendulum switch. You will start Mm -hmm. to see that, but you have to be paying attention, and you can't just be so, oh, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I'm in love, and then you can't be naive enough to say, it will never happen to me. Those two things you can't ever say, because it will happen to you, and love, we all know, is really a fleeting emotion. That's why people love each other today. They're together 50 years, and they're not together anymore. Correct. So, I would encourage people, pay attention, and then don't be afraid to have that conversation. If you've committed your life, if you stood before God and His people at the altar, had your big wedding, your big dress, we bought you gifts at targets, we had all these receptions, <laughs> you all in debt for these years because you wanted me to come and eat your little cake and have your little chicken, mm-hmm. then you are saying that you're committed to this person, and so you need to have that conversation. And you need to say, I'm not comfortable with what we're doing or where we're going or what this looks like. Talk about it. People Mm -hmm. in their relationships, Jeanette, they don't want to talk. And people think if you don't talk about it, it goes away, and it doesn't.
2: And you know what, and it's interesting you said that, Stacey, because in, you know, and I hope no one of my callers call and ask me how many times I've been married. So I'm just going to (laughs) say, in one of my marriages, (laughs) (laughs) and this was interesting, it was one of my marriages, and we go out to talk. I get in trouble because I talk too much, and for some reason, I used to love the show Cheaters, and... I met this guy, we dated for three years, three years we dated, we lived together for three years, and he was living a secret life I knew nothing about. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, articulate, I should be knowing all of this stuff, and it really got by me. And we would watch Cheaters every Saturday night at 11 o'clock. He would lay there, watch Cheaters with me, and the whole time I was living with a cheater and didn't even know it. Really? To the point to where this particular guy not only was the, the thing, it was that he was a bigamist. So when he married me, he was married to somebody else of twelve years, and I didn't even know. So it was like I didn't see the signs, I didn't see none of that, and we had this big old wedding with two hundred and some people there. And then three months later, I find out he got another wife. Let me ask so, you this, Jeanette:
3: we, 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 there was no there was no indication that he had another family, meaning did he go away on long trips? Was there times that you couldn't reach him? There were no signs at all?
2: Mm -mm. Oh, I can always reach him. He was in the military, and by him being in the military, he would go on deployment. But see, I like that, because in that way, I'd have to see him every day. But even... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can live with somebody every day, 24-7. I'd be like, ooh, you're getting on my nerves. I can are married no longer than two years. After two years, I need a break. (laughs) But the thing is, it was nowhere fine. I mean, no red flags. We got along great, had a good relationship. Communication was there and everything. But I knew his family, I, his Brother was the best man in the wedding, Sister song got the wedding, other sister was in the wedding, mother was there. There was no, no indication. And even when we went to go get our marriage certificate, he put down he had never been married before and didn't have no children. And I was like about to turn of 40, so I'm like, okay, time for me to settle down. I don't need to be, you know, looking through your phone and do it. It was a trust. I felt I could trust this man. My family trusts this man. My friends trust this man. And when we found out, when I found out, my family and friends was more hurt and devastated than I was because I was like, okay, at least I didn't mess up. At least I didn't sabotage the relationship. I'm cool. And, um, but it was one of those things that there was, there was no red flags, no nothing. And then I found out on pure D accident. He could have got away with it, and I would have never known. Never known.
3: What? How did you find
2: out? I found out when it was time for me to get my military ID card. And I went on base, and I got my ID card, and I was trying to get a a dependence ID card for my daughter. And um, the lady told me, she said, well, we don't have a, a, you know, I won't say my daughter's name on the air, but we don't have her in the system. We have another name. And I said, well, that name don't sound familiar to me. So when my husband called me, he said, hey, babe, you get your ID card? I said, no. He said, you sure you didn't get it? I said, no. He said, why? I said, you know somebody named so-and-so? He said, no, I don't know nobody named that, that name. And so I kept on Now mad, because now you're trying to tell me stupid, because I know what the lady said. I know what I've seen on the screen. So then um, he, I said, you don't know my name, you know by that name. He said, no. So he said, well, you didn't get your ID card. I said, no. He said, why? I said, because so-and-so got one. He said, she ain't supposed to have one. I said, you, M. F. I thought she didn't know that person. <laughs> so then I was, hot. I was hot. So then I called the lady the next day. I found it just like that. I called her, and I you got her phone you know? number,
3: Jeanette. You went the there, number, huh?
2: The number was in my house the whole time. I never looked. Never looked. Wow. there. Right there in my face, never look. So then when I called the lady, I said, hi, do you know a person named so-and-so? She said, yep, that's my husband. We've been married for 12 years. And the thing was, he still did not want me to divorce him. He divorced her, but I couldn't live with that. I was so mad. Like, you little sucker. And first of all, I never really liked dating small men of statue anyway, because I know I'm a big bully. I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> But what I learned What I learned That was his character That was his MO But the only thing When I reflect on it The only thing I can recall was I remember going to To meet his family Talking to his father And his father said And looked him dead in the face And said Son She ain't nothing to reckon with And I didn't pay no attention Because I heard that His father was a Papa was a Rolling Stone So he kind of thought that was okay. Now, I can't say that he was sleeping with the woman while we were married because the woman never said he was, but he wasn't divorced. So I don't know what that was about. And even when it did get exposed, and I remember the military coming to me, and the one thing they said, they said, Jeanette, this is his MO, but for some reason, this man can't leave you alone. It made absolutely no sense to me. And I was like, I, I want out before I hurt this man. So this is not working for me. I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. So, oh, wow. Which goes to the next thing is the lack of emotional satisfaction in your primary partner. You know, as we know, seeking emotional intimacy can be nearly compelling reason that some people have affair, and they can be seeking physical intimacy as well. But the one thing is we have to, in regards to this emotional closeness, is basically being okay with who you are emotionally. Because wanting that emotional validation from somebody else, that could be a problem. And sometimes with that too, sometimes people fall out of love with their partner. I've seen in my practice individuals cheating and having affairs because they like, I'm not in love with my partner anymore. What is a woman supposed to do? If you are still in love and this person just don't want you no more, what, what is You know, Jeanette,
3: here, here's what I will say. Um, and I really wish my husband could have joined us today because we do such a wonderful tag team. He comes back and I, he says, as we're, again, as we're working together, he says, Stacey says, babe, let me tell you, there's three things that men want. I don't care what kind of man they are, money, no money. They want peace in their home.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They want to know that they are valued and that they Mm -hmm. are, the. and I don't want to offend anybody with the statement, but i got to say it, the head of their home, Mm
2: -hmm. whatever that looks
3: like, and that their partner has their back. If a woman does those three things, she'll have him for forever.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny, even with that, Stacey, I uh, always tell my clients that there's three things that a man want to do. He wants to protect. Mm -hmm. He wants to provide, and Mm -hmm. he wants to proclaim. And when a man falls in love, it's deep. And even, and we're not, you know, we're not touching on same-sex relationships because that's another one that's kind of emotional, and when you're talking about affairs and things of that nature, it's still the same thing that they be, they they have the same struggles and the same fights, and it's times ten, you know, when you're talking Mm -hmm. about emotions, but it's those same things, protect provide, and proclaim.
3: So when a yeah. woman does that, right, so that's what he's looking for. So usually the affair, the affair starts early before any physical or anything happens. Somebody in the relationship, and then women, we want to we feel secure. We want to feel secure, and we want to know that our partner feels us. You, mm-hmm. Irrespective of you agreeing what I'm going with, you, that you feel me. And so what happens is at some point, Somebody in the relationship makes a decision that either they're not going to do that anymore. And as my husband always says, women, you know, we talk a lot, and sometimes Mm -hmm. we talk too much. And I'm not bashing women. I'm not ever doing that. I'm just giving women some tips to maintain their relationship and to keep their homes together. We don't have to comment on everything. We don't have, have to correct him. He is not your son. He is your husband. It is a partnership. And so because of our mouth, sometimes we get ourselves in trouble. So then he goes to Susie, who everything that he does, she laughs at it. Mm -hmm. She's enamored by it. She talks to him about it. And so the emotional piece starts, and then everything falls into place. That's why as I work with women, I said, I, I don't ever tell women to be subservient and servile. I don't tell you to do that. But what I am telling you is make sure you align your home with the Word of God or align your home with whatever your belief is, or make sure that you guys are in sync. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to have something to say, right? And you don't always have to be right. You can mm-hmm. only control you. You can't control him. But if you control you, the other piece will
2: happen. That's true. Okay, we're going to be taking a break shortly. We have one minute before break. But when we come back, Stacy, I'm going to go into the infidelity in regards to I forgave, but I can't forget. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give the listeners what they call, it's an abbreviation, um, and it's it's interesting, but they call it Sarah. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in regards to what individuals go through and in regards to the grief process and the feelings that they're going through because sometimes they don't know what to do after they find out, okay? So
3: stay tuned,
2: welcome, come back. You can always call 888-346-9141 if you want to call in and talk with Jeanette Abney and Stacey Renato lewis
1: us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment
0: are you happy in your life or are you just settling it's time to speak out take control of your existence and let your life speak Bart queen is the host of a hero's journey his personal goal is to help you find your voice use that voice and live the life that you deserve to live do more be more and give more Tune into a hero's journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count.
4: Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to javneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments.
2: Hi, welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Stacey Bernardo-Lewis. Again, we're talking about life after an affair, and I want to say I just got a text message, and it says, how many times you been married, laugh out loud, <laughs> and I know who it is. I would say you was at half of the wedding, so <laughs> but since you going to put me on blast like that. I'm going to say I've been married four times, and we'll get married again. I don't have a problem with that, but I know the next time I got to do better, and do better. Uh, I will always also say it wasn't all just me so in regards to that, talking about infidelity, I forgave, but I can't forget. So if you, one of the things talking about this and in regards to, and I hope I answered the text message, is um, I forgave, but I can't forget. There are stages that we go through. In any relationship, we go through a grief process because people get used to that person. And even with the husband that was a big bigamist, you know, I had to live with that. People thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to be embarrassed. Oh, my gosh, she'll be ashamed. And I wasn't. I was okay with it. And I guess it was because I knew it was something that I didn't do. I guess I was so at the point of because I would sabotage relationships. So I was like, you know what? Finally, they can't say Jeanette did it. I was relieved, you know. And talking about that, I forget, but I can't forget, they have it in abbreviation called Sarah. And I want to share this with you. The S is for shop. What happens is many times when we're in a relationship and if we miss the red flags or the signals, or whatever, we're shocked and disbelieved over any overwhelming information. And with the Kubler Ross, like I said, they have the denial, which is the DABA, which is denial, the anger, the bargaining and acceptance. But when you start talking about that, we... Can't simply digest the horrific news, and an affair is horrific news. When you find out that you know my life, my, as I know it, you know I may have kids by this person. What are we going to do? What about our house? What about all of this stuff? That shock. Stacy, tell me a little bit about from your perspective with working with families. What is that shock like? Sometimes for the individual once they find out about the affair.
3: Sometimes it's just it, oh, Why not? Sometimes, oftentimes, it's debilitating because it goes back to, it will never happen to me, right? It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it couldn't happen to me. I didn't do anything to deserve this. And all those statements may or, not, may, or may not be true. Right. That's why I said, in your relationship, you should never be naive. You should never be naive. You should never say, it will never happen. What you pray is that God gives you a covering that it doesn't happen, and that he gives you the strength to endure if it does happen. And I think if you approach it that way, that's even for new people getting married. I pray that it never happens, but I have the strength to endure if it does, and then you do all the right things. But that shock value of, oh my God, it's me, it, it, for some people, they can't, they can't ever get past that. They can't get to the A, R, A, right. and H because they can't believe that it, it just happened to
2: them. And some people, too, Stacey, it keeps them stuck. And mm-hmm. it's like my friend always say, if that person never changed, what are you going to do? You know, one thing I can truly say is I just never held on to it. I just keep it pushing. I remember when, you know, I did so many divorces. I did my own divorce. <laughs> and um, now the paperwork is like, oh, my God, it ain't as easy as it used to be. That paperwork ain't no joke. And... Um, but they you have your name Stacey. down
3: at the court, Jeanette. Girl, huh? They knew
2: exactly who I was. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad part right about it is, Stacy, I never changed my name. I hate to say I'm supposed to be Lewis, but I'm not Lewis. I'm still Abney. But that's a whole cool other story. <laughs> we would have had a Lewis and Lewis, but I still go by Jeanette Abney. So just the shop, The second one is anger. With mm-hmm. the anger? We finally grasp the magnitude, of the magnitude of what happened, that our mate has either slept with someone or is emotionally attached to somebody, and we are understandably angry, and we are often even more than angry, and we wish harm on another person who has hurt us. Even though these feelings are temporary and it's a normal part of the healing process, the one thing with anger, and they say, it's okay to be angry, but sin not. You know, hurting that other person or going after the person that they with, like I said, a lot of times with men, men wanna go after the other man. No, you don't need to go after the other man and to talk to your wife. That's Right. You or you talk the wife, to your wife wanna correct or, or the wife wanna go after that other woman. No, if you go after her, it's gonna be somebody else after her. So you need to talk to him. But that anger and sometimes that anger can be internalized and that anger can lead to depression. So how can a person heal from that anger?
3: First thing they have to do is they have to acknowledge it, okay. Sometimes we we there's a tendency for us to say, oh, just get over it or oh, whatever. No, that is for some situation. That's a deal breaker. That's a life changing event. So you go through the shock and then you go through the anger. What I do encourage though is anger is one letter away from danger. Danger, right? you put a D, right. Danger, okay. Yes. So don't let that anger turn into danger, and then be. Honest with your mate. Mm-hmm. You know what, sweetie? Let me, let me break something down for you. Right about now, you need not be in this space. You mm-hmm. need not be nowhere around here because I'm not quite sure you'll get out of it. What I
2: home, need you yeah, to do
3: out. is <laughs> leave me alone because I'm mad and I'm telling you I'm mad. I'll let you know when I'm not mad again, but I need my space. And then the person who, 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 who had the indiscretion, you need to honor that. Because right. you didn't ask my permission when you were going to go do what you did. Gotcha. Give me my space. It's okay to be angry. It's, it's angry. Just don't turn that into danger.
2: Gotcha. And work the through it and acknowledge one, that you are angry. The next one, Stacey, is R for Resentment. After the initial shock and waves of anger, sometimes we slip into that resentment towards the perpetrator of harm. We feel disgusted with their actions. And I remember telling one of my husband, you know what, you disgust me. And disgust is really worse than just being angry when you just look at that person and just be just disgusted. You know, we resent what they've done and how their, their faultless actions have impacted our lives, just that resentment. How can the person get through that resentment because now not want to blame it on somebody else.
3: Well I think when, when those things happen and again working with some of the couples that we have, you're right, all those things shock, then they're angry, and then they resent, I don't want to have anything to do with this person, you know. Because again your life is turned upside down. With that resentment though, you have are you resenting them for what they did? Are you resenting them because they did it to you? What's the core of the resentment? And you can't afford, if you're going to fight for your relationship, you can't stay in resentment very long. Like, you got to acknowledge it, you got to hit it, you got to rub that emotion, and you got to move forward. Because resentment turns into bitterness, and bitterness is not going to take you anywhere. So you, you, you need to move through that. And again, it's communicating. I really need you to know right now, there's so many emotions I'm having. I'm angry with you. I'm trying not to resent you, but I I just feel so many things. I'm not sure if I'm going to fight for this. I may or I may not. But right now, you just need to give me my space. It's all about time healing these things.
2: Gotcha. And then acceptance. After feelings of disbelief, disgust, disappointment, and resentment, which often occurs sometimes in that way, we go like on a little, little roller coaster ride, and a significant other, they, you know, they doing whatever they can. they either bringing us flowers. You know, people know with me, you got to bring me some food. You feed me. I might forgive you if you feed me. But, um, you know, that acceptance part, and you're going through those waves, and your mood changes. But cycling back and forth, what happens is we slowly settle into acceptance of reality of what has happened. This doesn't mean that we settle with it. It doesn't mean that we forgive you. It doesn't mean that we're okay with it, but it means that we're ready to allow the healing process to continue once we accept it. Okay, it happened. Now, I have a choice. With well, my choice, I could either say I want to fight for my marriage or my relationship because this person is, like my pastor used to say, you're slow but you're worth waiting for, you know, mm-hmm. but then you also got to look at character, because you don't want to walk around thinking, okay, he'll do it again. Or every time he look at a person, oh, my God, she wants him or he wants her. Or, you know, when you heal, you have to heal. They're going to have to do their own healing because they're going to have to go through their own process of dealing with what they did, why they did it, and how to not do it again. Because you can tell a person to stop, but they may not know how to stop. Like I said, when I was married to the guy who was the bigamist, the problem was... It wasn't that he didn't love me or didn't know how to love me. He tried too hard to love me. Right. And he tried to cover things up. He tried to hide things. And all he had to do was be honest and give me a choice. And, and if I he would have given me a choice, that would have made a difference. To
3: that point, I, I be asked if we could use along with acceptance, acceptance, acknowledgement, mm-hmm. because I think that, I think the word for the, in this situation is you have to acknowledge what happened. You mm-hmm. have to, you can no longer be in a denial because some people will say, well, acceptance means that I have to be okay with it. No, we're not saying you have to be okay with it, but you must acknowledge that an indiscretion happened. You will right. not be able to move forward until you, and you can verbalize that. My husband cheated on me. My mm-hmm. wife cheated on me. You have to acknowledge it. Oftentimes, as I said earlier, we don't acknowledge things because we hope that they'll go away. Won't go away. You have to acknowledge it.
2: Correct. And like I said, with that acceptance, that's when the healing process starts and it starts to continue. Healing. Allowing ourselves to feel our feelings is a huge part of allowing the healing process to occur. We have to recognize that we're human and everybody else is too. The flesh, when they say, the, you know, some people use that as an excuse, the flesh is weak. But the thing is, even though we're human and we have basically with our um, feelings have been created with our feelings within us, it comes our emotions.
3: Mm-hmm. And as
2: we allow grief to wash over us, we can begin to rebuild this process. Now, just to give the listeners some tips, you know, there are things that they can do. They can go to marital counseling. And when you go to marital counseling, you've got to be honest. You got to, you know, open up some stuff that you probably don't even want to talk about anymore. You know, you got to, there's a whole lot of stuff you got to do. And a lot of times you got to, you know, Iana von Zant says it's best. She says you got to do the work. Do mm-hmm. the work. And if you're not doing the work, sometimes, willing to do the work, sometimes you need to let that person go. If you know you can't do it and you know you're going to continuously hurt that person, set that person free. Because sometimes that person may not know how to set you free, you know. And one of the things that I've also learned in my many, many, many years of of dealing with individuals is talking to people. And another thing is when you talk about these relationships, fully face your feelings. Clarify your purpose. What do you want out of this marriage? What do you want out of the process? You've got to rebuild things by developing a deeper emotional intimacy in a relationship. See, sometimes, and I've heard people say that that affair made them closer. So it don't always break everybody up. And right. normalize your feelings. Ask about the things you need to know. And don't ask about the details you don't need to know. Because a lot of times don't. when you find out when a person has right. an affair, you want to know, what did they do? What did I not do? What did they? you know? And we're closing, and I know I'm speaking fast because I want to get these tips and these information to you. And someone just sent me a text, and it says, what if it's an emotional discretion, not physical or emotional? Even if it's an emotional discretion, talk about it. Talk about exactly. how it makes you feel, how it makes validate you feel. your feelings or how you're, let them know you want your feelings to be validated, and that's all you can do because I like using the term where you know better, you do better. We're not, um, we're not mind readers. We don't know what has happened to that other person in, that, in their past relationship because a lot of times we bring that into our new relationship, especially if the person's been hurt. So sometimes we gotta learn how to talk to one another. We have to ask those tough questions. We gotta also grieve together, Stacy. And we are about to end our show with that grief because if you chose to stay together, something has been inevitably lost—your innocence, your belief, and things of that nature. So when you learn to grieve, you will. It, that can also rebuild your relationship. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Commit yourself to the relationship
3: exactly and don't be afraid to do that people around you will say oh you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do it don't let anybody tell you that if you if your relationship is w- worth you fighting for then fight for it don't hold and make the person um, resentful every day by throwing up in their face if you make the conscious decision that you're going to fight for it gotcha. and don't let anybody else outside tell you don't do that i will leave him out well you do that in your marriage so if you're going to fight for your marriage fight for it, and, and then don't way, hold it against the person.
2: People, most people that tell you, let him go, I'll do this, I'll do that. They wouldn't do it if it was them. Exactly. So start fresh. Pray together. Forgive one another. And allow each other time to heal in their own individual time. You know, you've got to learn how to let go of those old, false behavior and anything that triggers a thirst for infidelity. Replace them with anything and anyone that encourages you to be committed. So I want to end the show, I want to first thank those for listening and here with us today on Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Stacey Bernardo-Lewis. And remember, don't punish yourself for another's behavior because a lot of times we want to say, oh, well, if I would have did this, if I would have did that, if I could have, would have, should have, don't do that to yourself. Let them know you will be held accountable for what you do. I do not have to go do what you did. I'm going to be okay. And my mother used to always say, the best revenge is when you look good, keep yourself together, that'll make them want you even more, because they (laughs) didn't break you down. So next week, we'll be talking about dealing with a divorce. Until then, I want you to know, you got this. Again, I want to thank you for listening today on Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Stacey Bernardo-Lewis. And if you want to seek help, I want to say... I'm the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, J A Precious, located in Oceanside, California and Orange County with relocations. And then we also have a doctor Lisa Romaine who also works with couples at New Beginning New Hopes and Cox Romain Psychological Counseling Center, located in Marietta, California. And Stacy, where if someone wants to get information to work with you and your husband, how would they contact you?
3: They can reach me on Facebook at Stacy Barnado Lewis. Or being Stacy. They can also reach my Instagram and Twitter at Stacy D. Lewis. And they can also join every Monday from 8 to 9. I'm on a, a host, a It's Simple Radio Show on Accelerated Radio. Or they can find me on Everyway Woman EverywayWomanTalkShow.com um, or EverywayWoman.com for my talk show. I love to talk to them.
2: And don't be afraid to get help. And like I said, and you can also find me, Jeanette Abney, on Psychology Today, or you can just Google me, Jeanette, last name is spelled A-B-N-E-Y. And if I'm not able to help you, I can always refer you out. Thank you. Until next week, you got this.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.